This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon, this is Front Row. On The Bigger Picture, I'm Juliet Jacobs. Fort Beard, a Viking musical odyssey, is the very first Viking musical that we're set to see here in Kuala Lumpur, which is kicking off tonight and is derived from the ancient and revered Nordic sagas unraveling the legendary battle of Svolde, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, the grandest naval confrontation of its time. So it was first staged in Penang and we're going to find out more about the KL staging from the production's director, Karam Taba, and the show's writer, producer and composer, Nancy Yenster. Welcome. Welcome, both of you. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolute, Happy to be here. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. So uh, I was, I must admit, I was like, wow, a Viking musical. That's the first I'm hearing here in KL. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very excited to hear more about it. Um, Nancy, I know this has a lot to do, I mean, uh, with your ancestry as well, isn't it? You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. When I first met my husband, he told me that he was related to the Danish line of kings. And it convinced me that I was marrying royalty. I was so disappointed when the day, day after our first date, he said, I'm sorry, it was on the wrong side of the bed, if you know what I mean. So it was, but he is related 46 generations back to Forkbeard. And Forkbeard is um, is a big figure in the in the history of our our Danish family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you tell, you know, I, I don't think many of us are familiar with the history and with the stories. You want to just tell us a little bit about that? As briefly as I can, Forkbeard um, was a very strong Danish leader. He was the son of Bluetooth. And when it came time to um, to consolidate his hold on the north, he was trying to get all the trade that he could and all the power and all the wealth that he could. He decided that it was time to put an end to the Christianization of the country, which was happening um, under his nose. And so he attacked his old rival and there was an ambush. And the ambush was involving the, the biggest fleets of ships that were ever in one place. And it allowed him to, uh, I won't give anything away here, but it was a, it was a really magnificent battle. And uh, Wordsworth, um, William Wordsworth, and also Wagner and other, um, other opera writers and composers have written poetry about this. And it was recounted in the sagas of Iceland. So that is the story in a nutshell. I won't give it away who won the battle. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll come and watch to find out about that. And and Karam, for you, you know, I mean, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I do understand that uh, you're a Syrian refugee uh, living here in Malaysia. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, how, uh, what, what, in, what got you interested in working in the arts as well? Sure, absolutely. I came here 10 years ago. It's been a decade. Surprising. Wow, okay. Um, and I, I absolutely fell in love with the country. And uh, the, the, the first time I've ever um, came in touch with performing arts was in university in Malacca. And uh, I, I never looked back. Okay. Uh, and, and yeah, I just fell, fell in love with, with the possibility of, you know, uh, transforming oneself into anything and everything uh, just to tell a story. And, and I, I really enjoy that. And what really got me hooked on Forkbeard, the Viking musical Odyssey, is how even though it's Viking, it's relevant to even today, uh, the, you know, the, the, the stories and the problems that we are facing in our daily lives and even worldwide 
issues that are happening uh, that we're hearing about in the news day in and day out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I just felt it's so far fetched, but it is really relevant. It's a it's a it's a it's a story that is very close to me. And being being a, a refugee makes makes me really connect with how powers can break apart uh, countries and 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 create a lot of division. But if you put your efforts and, and you really focus on uniting people, you can really make a difference. Okay. And I, so I'm very interested to know about the sort of creative vision, uh, I guess the both of you also had, right, for the production, uh, you know, and how that would differ maybe from other sorts of historical musicals that we might have seen before. I mean, did you draw inspiration from anywhere? Yeah. What was the creative process like? I think um, the, the the vision is to create a world for people to experience something completely different uh, in the tropics, even, <laughs> which is where we both live. And um, the story, I, I, I drew my inspiration, I think, from Les Miserables, mm. uh, the staging of Les Miserables. Uh, we are not quite as grandiose, but it's very magical and very special. Um, and also some of the more historical dramas, like, um, for example, Hamilton or um, the things that, that draw on ancient history to carry themes, as Karam said, that are still relevant right now today. And um, so the staging of it is, is bringing the audience into that new environment where they never expected to be on a, on a Friday evening. You know, they'll be shocked to see what we've created, I think. And for you, Karam, you know, um, how did your personal experiences, you know, influence your your approach to, you know, directing this play? So I've always been an actor more than a director. I've, okay. I've, uh, I've acted in um, more plays than I've ever directed or written. Uh, and as an actor, what I've always been told is to focus on connecting with the audience. So being in a director's shoes, I carry over that that thought process. Uh, and I try to to make it not immersive through sets, even though our set is wonderful, but through the action and through the the eye contact and the way that you're communicating your 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 message across. And if the message is really strong, people will be riveted by just a few lines, few words. And really, the script is 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 absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and I realize that there's not a single line in the script that is in there for no reason. Everything is just meticulously planned just to deliver the right amount of information so we don't give away too much and we give just enough for the audience to go home and keep thinking about it. Uh, I drew a lot of inspiration uh, for set and, 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 and how the people will be uh, acting around each other uh, from uh, Vikings, the TV show. Mm, okay. Uh, so that, that, was, <laughs> that was where the homework was done on you know, <laughs> what your persona is as you're walking on stage, when you're talking to people, how do you behave? So that was inspired by uh, the Histories Channel Viking show. Okay. And, and you know, working with the actors, right? How did you, and also the creative team, I suppose, right? How did you work with them to capture the essence of um, of the Vi of Viking traditions, right? And and the story's emotional depth? Well, I, I think we had to work with each actor to understand the context of the scene. And... We brought in some elements as much as we could to draw upon the religious, in, in not being religious, but more of the rituals ah. that they used to do in order to ensure that the gods were in their favor, you know. So we had to explain that we're not being religious here, and it's not about one 
faith versus another, but it's more that they actually lived each day um, wondering what the gods had in store for them. So, so we created some special physical elements that you'll see in the show that um, that allowed the actor to have a prop to to tell that story through some kind of ritual element. Okay. Um, and, uh, and and that was one thing that Karam added a whole lot of value to because he sees it with fresh eyes. I've started this process a long time ago. And uh, actually eight years ago was when we first tried the first workshop of it in Dublin. Okay. And as every director knows, there's there's things that a director sees that the writer does not. So So we've added some very interesting mystical twists to the story through props, through costuming, and um, those were not always in Vikings Valhalla, the History Channel. There are things that they missed also. So okay. I, we have added some of our own uh, juice to the cocktail, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and for you, Karam, you know, um, any unique staging or technical aspects that, you, that you've that you know brought to the production that, I don't know, maybe posed any particular challenges for you when you were doing this oh, production? absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, so, so as... Well, I've I've bitten off more than I can chew. I've uh, <laughs> uh, I've taken up the role of even uh, designing uh, part of the, the the set and how it's going to uh, be interacted with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the most challenging aspects is KLPAC Pentas One is massive. Yes, it's big stage. And if you were to put uh, a, a tree in there or or um, a an, an village entrance or any of the props that that you would want to. Uh, symbolize a village or, or that is built back in Viking era, uh, it needs to be big. Otherwise, it's going to look like toys in a massive, massive stage. Uh, so everything that we did in Penang, we doubled or tripled the size. And building such massive sets was very ambitious. And now that we've bumped in, we've actually managed to tackle it through countless days of sleepless nights. <laughs> we've managed to actually put it all together. And to me, that was the biggest challenge yet that I've ever faced in my um, career as, uh, as as a theater performer. But we've, we've, we've tackled it. And I can't wait for the audience to see it tonight or this weekend uh, because they're they're going to revel in, in the things that we build. And it's, it is something that when I look at, I feel like, wow. Yeah, it sounds unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to share it with everyone. Yeah. And proof that, you know, this can travel then as well, right? This is definitely a production that you can <laughs> take around to different places as well. So that's awesome. And I do, of course, want to talk about the music, right? It is a musical. For you, Nancy, you know, how did you approach creating the epic music to to accompany the story, uh, you know, of, of the many battles I imagine that we're going to be seeing as well? Yeah, the, the music very often comes to me as a creator, this is the fourth musical that I've written. And each time that I, I find a theme that um, that speaks to me, usually it's it's starting with the rhythm of a line. For example, a line comes to me that needs to be said, something like down, 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 you know, Olaf or Forkbeard is going down. Now that might sound like it's nothing at all, but if you say it in the right rhythm, it creates a whole feeling. Mm. All right, so down, 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 Olaf's going down, and then for me, I just hear the I hear the music. Now that that just arrives to me without much um, judgment. But there are some very very beautiful ballads that also at the time that when I created them, 
it was inspired by the sounds of nature. And I'll give you one example that in um, this part of Scandinavia, where I spend many of my summers and I've for the last 40 years, um, it's this wood wood dove. It's a wood pigeon, actually. But it goes like this in the evening. It goes, hoo, 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 in exactly that same pattern. And that becomes a theme that underlies many of our battle scenes, many of the calls to action that we're trying to gather the, uh, the, the people who were fighting one side against the other. Who, who, who mm-hmm. are you? Who, who, who gives you the right to go against all the rules? That is a theme of uh, anger and of, of outrage, which uh, drives the players to do the things they did. Okay. So that just gives you one example. But um, I had a lot of really great help from uh, Vince DeLeon, who is a um, wonderful orchestrator and a very creative musician, a brilliant, brilliant musician from Penang, a young man, the son of Ronald DeLeon and Juliet. And he was the first one who told me that this is very, very exciting music. I didn't believe it myself. And when he got hold of it, he created something, maybe the the silk purse out of the sow's ear, perhaps, you know. But um, I also had help in Ireland from a, a young man called Richard Rutkins, and he did the first musical scoring for me. So we've worked together collaboratively across continents for the last eight years. Okay. And that's what makes a village of musicians and a musical piece come to life. Okay. I can't wait to... Yeah. And so so you talked about the musical themes and then uh, there's also, I guess, you know, going to be many different types. Is there an orchestra or a mini orchestra playing or is it... We have live music. Live we music, have a wonderful yeah. live band uh, that's it's adding the value of the live instrumentation tomorrow night uh, or tonight actually, isn't it? We're we're just uh, we're just so excited to have Lee Han and his group um, to add value to merge with the other pieces that have already been done. And in some cases, the music is simply very romantic ballads, so we don't have a lot of instrumentation. Okay. But it's a it'll it'll move you to your soul, I believe, and it sometimes it'll make you cry, and it sometimes it will make you feel joyous. Um, but but they are dances and rhythmic pieces that that the warriors would feel are are fitting for the mood of going to battle and going against all odds to fight for your freedom, and that's where uh, the themes, as you mentioned, Karam, were carried over. Uh, from earlier pieces that inspired us, I think. Um, A bit about the costuming. It is a bit difficult to find real fur, and I don't believe that real fur should be sacrificed in order to make a a musical play, you know? Mm. So people also ask, well, besides fur coats or fur shawls, don't they have to wear these helmets that have the horns on them? And occasionally... You will see people depicting a Viking with the horns on their helmet. And that that actually is something that my research showed is not really found in much evidence that they wore okay. horned helmets. Mostly it was a face shield that would protect their, their nose um, and their eyes from battle. But they didn't have the horns because they're, um, that was a figment of someone's imagination. 
And how it's persisted, though, in our popular culture. I mean, that's how you always see uh, uh, Vikings anywhere, isn't it? You always imagine them with the two uh, horns on their helmet. I, I think it was the great, uh, the great opera writer Wagner, who's um, leading figures in his plays and the operas about ancient Viking battles that would always have the horned mm. helmet. And that became part of our popular culture. Okay. All right. So we won't be seeing that then uh, when we come see you guys. Yeah. So this is oh, quite. I this is. Guarantee you. Oh. We, we, might, we might throw one in just for good measure, but it's actually <laughs> um, the only horns that you will see are the ones that are being blown to signal across the fjord that danger is approaching. Okay. You will hear these magnificent sounds of the fjords echoing with the horned signal. Okay. All right. Okay. So we'll come and see that uh, for ourselves uh, uh, starting tonight, of course. Well, it sounds really exciting. And just one more thing I do I do want to ask as well. Can we also talk about the collaboration with the choreographer? So you've got Ida Ritza, of course, uh, helping you guys out. Uh, how, how, how did the music and the choreography and everything come together and complement each other? You know, it's a collaboration. And it's no one person. But I do think that Ida is a creative genius also behind a lot of the beautiful things you're going to see on stage. She is um, she's able to feel the pulse of the music and the the intuitively to know what our actors can do with their bodies to make sure that the imagery comes forward. And um, I've always been impressed with how well she's worked with Karam and myself. And we started with this in 2020, right? I mean, this was back before 2019. So oh. what, what happened at the very beginning? Do you remember when she first got hold of? Yeah, so so yeah. Ida's creative process is really interesting where uh, as as she sees the, the performers and as she listens to the music, she starts to imagine all of the movements on the spot. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is creative genius that happens instantaneously there in them. And there she starts to do the counts and she starts to do the choreography you move forward you move back create a semicircle point to this person point to that person so it, it all goes uh as as specific directions left and right but when you see it all come together each move is there again for a reason so why is a is there a semicircle because we're all pointing to the middle character which is for example a king why is this person cheering with this person is because they are close friends and they want to build that bond and and her creative genius just comes on the fly uh which is which is a little challenging sometimes because we can't <laughs> pre-plan it all sure. uh but it, it's always rewarding uh for for the cast members and for the director seeing it all come together is is very thrilling yeah okay and Okay, so it's going to be quite the epic. I mean, I'm getting I'm getting the feeling of a lot of epic sort of performances, and it's going to be a very epic uh, staging. What do you hope your audiences will take away, you know, from watching Fort Beard? For me, my own takeaway was: let's get rid of segregation. Let's get rid of our differences. Let's come together because fighting each other is only going to create more problems. And with division comes weakness. Uh, and if we can all come together and uh, learn how to work together, we will be way better off. And coming from uh, a place of, of lots of problems and, and political issues that that taken place in Syria, uh, I can really see Malaysia is a beautiful and wonderful place, and we should keep it that way. And we should really work on you know that unity, because strength is always in unity. Yeah. And I believe the the production captures that wonderfully. And I am sure after the production is over. The audience members will keep that thought in their head 
and they will take it home uh, and hopefully uh, it it'll it'll do some good i agree okay and and i would i would just echo it the only thing i i would say that when they when they leave i'd like the families who come to see the show tonight to understand a little bit that we have not learned much over the last 18 well the last what uh you know thousand years later we're still doing some of the things that drove our characters to the brink of destruction mm. and i do think that we need to keep in mind that we need to learn from history and we need to change the way because we're not otherwise going to survive and uh, i suppose the last song of the show which is a reprise carries the message best and it is that we shall prevail if we stand as one it's sure we shall prevail okay. but you you may be discussing this the whole way home in the traffic jam i hope there's no traffic jam but i i believe that you'll be discussing with your children so who won this who was the winner mm -hmm. did anyone win or have we learned anything and i do think that that's the point for writing the story originally mm -hmm. but i only came to know about that in in the last stages of writing it's it, it's a percolation and it's a streamlining of the message after mm -hmm. many years of rewriting and thinking yeah. about it and I think it's very timely, as you said, right, as, you know, we, we see what's happening around us, uh, you know, all the wars that are currently happening. Uh, I think, you know, it'll give people a lot to think about. Again, you know, who wins, right, from this? Uh, yeah. That's okay. All right. So it, the play is, uh, the production is kicking off tonight uh, and it runs from tonight until the 29th of October. Uh, it's happening over at Pentas One uh, of KLPAC, the Kuala Lumpur Performing Arts Centre. Performances uh, on uh, tonight and on Saturday are at 8pm with additional weekend matinees at 3pm and tickets are priced at 89 ringgit for regular tickets and 120 ringgit for Viking tickets. I want to know what that is about. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is a VIP ticket. So, VIP uh, Vikings, all right. <laughs> all right. Okay. And uh, each performance runs for about 120 minutes, and that includes a 20-minute intermission. Uh, there is a there is something here that says it's only for audiences age seven and above. Would that be correct? Uh, yes. So so of course because uh, th this is a show about fighting and and about war. Mm. So um, parents' discretion is advised. There is no real violence per se. It's all. Um, Suggested, yeah, it may be symbolic, but but if a child, there there are some spooky scenes too. Okay. They might they might get a little spooked by a couple of things that happen. Okay, but right. but it's not it's nothing that a seven year old these days would not manage. To, I think most, you know. Okay, they see fast. There's some seventy year olds that might have the jitters. So. <laughs> Okay, so I guess, you know, just parental guidance uh, is advised, you know, whatever age uh, your children are, but do catch it. And if you'd like to purchase your tickets, you can just head to cloudjoy.com. Uh, that's cloudjoy.com and search for Fork Beard, a Viking musical odyssey. Uh, but now for one lucky listener, Karam and Nancy are kindly offering a pair of tickets to catch the show. You just need to answer this very easy question correctly. What is the name of the musical that we've been talking about? Is it A, Forkbeard, a Viking musical odyssey, or B, Blackbeard, a pirate musical odyssey? Just send me your correct answer, your full name and your email address via WhatsApp to 018-789-8899. If you hear back from the producers, you are that lucky winner. Karam, Nancy, thank you so much for joining me today. 
Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. It pleasure. Was, it was an absolute pleasure. I was speaking to Nancy Yenster, the producer, writer and composer, and Karam Tabad, the director of Forkbeard, a Viking musical odyssey. Again, do get your tickets. The show starts tonight and runs right up till Sunday, so do get your tickets now. Uh, but if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.